you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here. Move the Sticks coming to you from Mobile, Alabama, home of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Buck, what's going on, man? Uh, not too much, man. This is a very, very, very exciting time. Obviously, we have our Super Bowl participants all set. We have the Senior Bowl, which is kind of like, I call it the convention of all of the, the scouting unofficial con- scouting convention. The unofficial scouting convention. Every possible executive from the NFL will be here this week checking out some of the talent. And uh, it's a good time to catch up. No doubt. We uh, get to see a bunch of buddies here and uh, get to see a bunch of good players. We're going to get to that in a little bit later on in the show, talk about this senior bowl players we're looking forward to watching and uh, maybe some uh, some ties that could be broken when you look at players that are equally evaluated. And also, I think we give people a little glimpse behind the curtain of what goes on here from a scouting standpoint. Let's start off uh, with the big games, the two conference championship games, which both we're in overtime, which, by the way, did you see somebody had tweeted out that, that Drake still is a jinx because technically nobody won in regulation when he <laughs> wore all four logos. Uh, so he's trying to end that jinx, and it, it didn't happen. But uh, let's start their NFC. Rams, a comeback. The Saints uh, fall. Everything's going to be about the call. We'll get to the call in a minute. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts. I, I know you tweeted this out, Buck, and I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. Early on in this game, this game could have got away from the Rams and their defense, the way they were able to hold up on sudden change, short field. I thought that was huge. No, I thought it, <clears throat> I thought it was great the way that they played. Um, their defense has shown a lot of growth in recent weeks. Um, they made a big investment in the free agent market in Dominican Sioux and some of the guys they brought over in trades and Marcus Peters, Dante Fowler really helped them a lot. Um, but in the biggest games, those guys showed up. And when the New Orleans Saints couldn't cash in on some gimme opportunities early, you knew that those things were going to come back to bite them. The fact that they couldn't get the sevens, had to settle for threes, and ultimately that was kind of the deciding factor in the game. And I, I thought also a bunch had been made about – I saw on TV this morning a bunch of people criticizing Sean Payton for throwing the ball at, at late in that game. They thought, well, you got to force him to use a timeout. You could eat some clock on that first down throw. 
personally, I had no problem with it. It's a tight tunnel screen. It's a five-yard mm-hmm. throw that Drew Brees has made a billion times in his life. It, it's You don't get an easier throw as a quarterback. He's coming towards you, mm-hmm. and, and Drew just kind of pulled the string and ended up going down at his feet, and it's incomplete. I thought it was very minimal risk uh, that you can get a completion, get some yards, yeah. uh, but also keep the clock moving. I did not. I, I didn't fault Sean Payton for that play call. Just Drew. No. I think Drew would have to make. Just didn't make a good throw on that. No, one. No, he just didn't make. He didn't make a great throw. Um, you know, I think hindsight in these games is, is always twenty twenty in terms of you know, oh, they should have done this. You can go this. And I just think the game is is really really hard. I think when you're the Saints and you're sitting in a situation where you do want to burn up as much clock as possible. But you also want to give the ball to your best player and have him win the game. You've been so aggressive all year long. You've been long. aggressive. Why would you, you don't stop? dial it back. You, you give it to number nine and you say, hey, go make a play. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to make a play. But I think the bigger thing in this is going on the other side. I think this was kind of the game where this would be Jared Goff's signature game. Because for so long, so many of us, I included, have said that Ty Gurley is the guy that kind of makes this thing go for them on offense. And we saw a game where Ty Gurley, for whatever reason, had the jitters, had the yips, had whatever, but he was a non-factor in the game, and they needed Jared Goff to kind of put the offense on his back, and he showed that he was capable of doing it. And so I think for him it's kind of a little bit of a coming-out party because he has been kind of, I won't say unfairly pegged, but kind of diminished in terms of being a system quarterback. And I think anytime you're the number one overall, um, I think there's certainly enough talent in your game where you can – pick and choose when you need to take over. And I think he showed in a big game that he could come through for them. And I think he kind of justified, um, in my mind, why he was the choice for them in terms of being their franchise quarterback. I thought it was also another interesting point with that Rams offense. For some reason, look, he's been traded a couple times now, which is bizarre. Uh, but Brandon, Brandon, Cooks. Cooks, Brandon yeah. Cooks showed up big and, and made some big plays there. And I feel like he he never gets mentioned with, you know, some of the better receivers. Mm-hmm. And we say, oh, he was in this system, he was in that system. It just hasn't, you know, he, he hasn't got his due. But, man, he uh, did a nice job, a nice job in this ball game, getting vertical, catching, uh, tracking the ball over the shoulder, goes over 100 yards. And when you look on the other side, and I don't blame, you don't put this all on Michael Thomas. It wasn't to me when you watch it like he wasn't getting open. But four for 36 after having the monster game against his team the first time, you knew that was going to be the focus. I thought there were a couple opportunities, though, Drew just flat out missed him. Yeah, it wasn't Drew's best game. And and one of the things, like, what happens, and, and we'll talk about the other game because I don't think Tom Brady had his best game either. I think what happens, like, your quarterbacks are 40 years old. Like, as they get older, you need other guys to do more. And I think in this game, uh, the Rams made a concerted effort to make sure that Michael Thomas was not going to beat them. Somebody else was going to have to beat him, which is what we had talked about. Alvin Kamara had a, a nice game, but they didn't have anybody else who really could step up. Ted again made some plays, but we had talked about this team. The system was kind of better than the parts that they had uh, available to them. They did a great job of kind of scheming it, getting Michael Thomas to be the guy that he was, but they didn't really have a lot of A-level playmakers outside of 13 and 41 and so I think in this game it kind of hurt them where the Rams were able to kind of distribute it to multiple players and they were all able to kind of pitch in and make contributions the Saints didn't have that same luxury when it came to their offense I feel like we beat this phrase into the ground we never quit on talent and you mentioned Fowler and Indomitian Sue and while they might be inconsistent might be frustrating for their previous teams and previous locations in a game like this talent plays and these guys were first round picks for a reason high first round picks top 10 picks top five picks for a reason and I thought that talent kind of showed up on the big stage it absolutely showed up and I tweeted this morning about Dante Fowler because um, 
I feel like he's been a different player since he's got – and sometimes a change of scenery does that. Sometimes being surrounded by alphas that play well. Look, he's surrounded by Aaron Donald. Every day he goes to work, he sees the best defensive player in football, and that guy works. Then you have Ndamukong Sue, who when he turns on the switch, he's also capable of being the best and most dominant player in football. And I just think he kind of feeds off that energy. And I felt like in this game, his presence was felt. And so I give credit to Lesney for knowing in the middle of the year, we had talked about it. They this was a team, rusher. they were strong on the inside, but they didn't have anybody on the second level, and they really didn't have an edge rusher. They made a trade to be able to kind of swipe Dante Fowler for the cheap, and he has really given them exactly what they needed, another complimentary edge rusher to go with that front. The only thing I would take exception with, I think there are some alpha dogs in that Jags group With when you look at Calais Campbell, when you look at, at Ramsey. I just for some reason it just didn't work. Yeah, it, it, just, it just didn't there. work. Like yeah, yeah and, and and it's it's kind of weird that it, it didn't work there because you would like to think that look he was a great fit there, but sometimes the change of scenery, going to another location, Fresh hearing start, a different voice, yeah. um, mattered to him. And man, I just think it's so interesting. Not only when we get to this in the off season, that team building model that the Rams took this off season. Remember, went, remember, remember the line forever, no shortcuts. There's no sh- – well, they, they took a shortcut. They took a big shortcut, and they were successful being able to do it. And now obviously you got to have the right coach staff. Wade Phillips has shown that he's fine dealing with different personalities. He can find a way to get it all together. But the way that they did it, these, these mercenaries, a bunch of guys on kind of like one-year deals or two-year deals, maybe that's kind of the new way of, look, i got a rookie quarterback on a cheap deal. If I can't draft and develop around him, why don't we go and kind of pluck off a couple guys on short-term deals until he's ready to grow and get paid, and then we got to make sure that our drafting is right. It's it's a twist on it because normally we say, okay, draft a young quarterback, draft a bunch of young players, and let the group grow up together. Well, by the time they grow up, you've got to pay your quarterback. Yep. So they have said, no, 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 scrap that. We've got a young quarterback. Let's get veterans to put around him so we can win right now in this window and not worry so much about surrounding him as a group that can grow together. We don't want to wait. We want to go right now. But I think the big thing in that, I, I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles did that last year. Yeah. Um, J.H.I. comes in. Yeah, when you have a young quarterback, what you want to do to accelerate his growth is surround him with guys who Alshon. already know how to play. So then he doesn't have to wait to like, oh, I'm, we're going to be on the same page. Veterans know how to play. He can trust where they're going to be. And I think we saw it in Philadelphia last year, and we're seeing it now with the L.A. Rams. That might be the new way that you start developing quarterbacks. So as we look ahead to uh, the 2019 offseason and all the quarterbacks, the Baker Mayfields and Sam Donalds and the like, I think they have to kind of go, go get some heavy bets. Get some in bets. free agent marketing, find some guys that can help them. The challenge is just talking to people uh, thus far, the, the offensive line class in free agency is not good. Nope. Um, so that's going to be a challenge. I think it's going to end up pushing some of these draft guys up. Uh, a couple other points here. Zerline. Hats off to him. The score, 23 apiece. And if Zerline hits this field goal, the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. L.A. will play for the Lombardi. Dude, Greg the leg, uh, kicking indoors, can of corn. How about that now? I was – I was in there saying, I was like, man, you can kick a 57-yard field goal. You missed this. It's game over. Yeah, Breeze one, needs, couple first, one yeah, first down and game's over. Game's yeah. over. But, hey, give them credit. And I think it's the value of, like, we always kind of laugh and kind of pick on kickers or whatever. But when you have a good one. It's a weapon. Man, it is a weapon. Puts you in scoring range really quickly. And the fact that Sean McVay, um, not only in terms of um, being able to go for it aggressively on that field goal, how about the fake punt? 
Oh, yeah. And the game was kind of teetering on the brink. It looked like they were about to be blown out. They took a page out of Sean Payton's book from the week Man, before. A fake punt made it happen. And so uh, the investment in special teams, and you saw Sam Shields make plays and those things. I just think it was a fascinating game, a fascinating game to watch. And I think, as we always do, I think team builders would go back and look at the teams that are in the Super Bowl and see what they can steal. So from the Rams, we talk about free agency. From the Patriots, I don't know what we talk about with the Patriots. <laughs> um, they're here again. They yeah. kind of find their way to the winner's circle again. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the theme in, te- in team building is because I'm just fascinated how this team continues to always put themselves in a situation where they win. And Brady under center. It gives to Burkett. Runs it left for the win. Touchdown, Patriots. And they're bound for Super Bowl 53. What a call, Sosie. We're going back, baby. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. So I haven't run a marathon. Don't know that I ever will run a marathon, Buck. Um, but this is my this is the image I have in my mind of the Patriots. Marathon's 26 miles. So for for 24 miles, it's just a pack, and like there's this pack, and, and the Patriots just are just hanging they're just in the pack. They're just in the pack, and everybody else in that pack is thinking we're all the same. You're like me, you know. We're all the same. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like two more miles. It's just you know maybe somebody. And all of a sudden. And you go, whoa, where'd they go? Where'd they go? I, yes. I, I lost sight of them. The Patriots find another gear in the postseason. It, it's, a, it's incredible to me. And the best way that I can describe it is there is a hyper-focus on every single down. They appreciate the importance of every yes. single play. And it, it's cliche, but it's all execution. They just execute. They out-execute everybody they play against this time of year. Well, yeah, I, th- I think that's true. And I think the other thing that they do a really good job of is – they know exactly what they expect from the players that they bring in. They put them in roles. And I know we talk about it, and a lot of people are like, well, isn't that what everybody does? No, uh, no. no. I think they understand exactly what they want and demand from a player. They kind of figure out what their identity is maybe the first eight to ten weeks of the season. And then even though you come into the year thinking we're going to have to play like one way, they're like, it doesn't work for us. So this year they've become more of an old-school two-back traditional we're going to run it run it run it Tom will make a couple plays a game but they've almost treated Tom Brady like he's a young quarterback trying to protect him with the running game Sonny Michelle was big early in the game man he almost had 30 carries third down, third down runs early were outstanding uh James White making plays and then the, at the end of the game the guy that you don't expect to be in the game sexy Rexy Rex Burkhead is in the game making critical plays and so I just think they just have a clear understanding of who they are, and I think they will do whatever it takes to win. And when it came down to it, their stars continued to make plays. Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman, we can talk about those guys falling off the cliff. They're not the same as they once were, but when they needed them, they made the plays, and I think that is ultimately the difference. Other thing, I, I just I said it last week, watching this Patriots team against the Chargers, they adopted everything that worked against the Chargers throughout the year. There were plays they ran. They stole from Pittsburgh. That Pittsburgh had success. Plays they stole from Kansas City. They they take whatever whatever weakness you've shown. You struggle with a certain formation. You can get it. You get a heavy. You're gonna get it. They're gonna put it in because they they the relationship with Brady and McDaniel's and Belichick. They've seen everything. They've run everything. So there's talk about them putting in plays the day before the game. They can do that because they their playbook is endless. They're endless. They have such a relationship and they can go so deep. We don't even need to rep it. Yeah, I know how to do that. I know what the read is. I know what the look is. Well, I, I think what I think what's remarkable because in that thing I was reading about their coaching staff and the continuity, 
Josh McDaniels has been there 15 of the 19 years. Bill Belichick has been there. Dante Scarnecchia, the offensive line coach, who's, has been there. Who's the best? He should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, 17 of the 19 years he's been there. And then Ivan Fears, their running back coach, has been there all 19 years. And so you just don't get that kind of continuity and consistency amongst the coaching staff. And so when we talk about systems, they never had to replace their system. The system is always the same. And I think for Tom Brady, he is very, very comfortable doing everything because he's never had to change or adjust. So we saw Kansas City struggle against a bunch of formations. <laughs> so what do you think they're going to get? They're going to get Edelman in motion in a bunch. They're going to be in a bunch, and they still can't pass that thing off. Never made. They never fixed it. That's why when you make a mistake, and I'm anxious to see the teams you played with, you have, you have corrections. You have a correction period well, that, after a game on a, on, on a Monday well, or that whatever. Is, that, is, that is standard operating procedure on Monday. After you watch the tape, you go out on the field, you walk through the mistakes that you've made. So at least you can kind of put it to bed. Everyone knows and understands. The thing that I was blown away by, I cannot believe that Kansas City never made the adjustment to some of the things that they're doing because it got to a point where I was like, Every time Julian Edelman goes in a little zip motion, uh, outside in motion, and gets into a stacked alignment, I was like, he's going right across the yep, field. He's getting the ball, and they, too. they never made the adjustment. And so on two of the last three third downs, they ran the same play, just from different sides, and both times it was open. And then the Rob Gronkowski thing. I, I just don't understand how – whenever Eric he Barry lines up out wide. Three and by I, one, and look, he's solo. Eric Berry hasn't played for the majority of the season, and I understand he is one of your best players. However – help him in that situation. I just don't understand, like, how. You have to force the ball somewhere else. The ball has to go to somebody else. It can't look, go to look the at when they Look, when they forced the ball to Cordell Patterson. Oh, he dropped it. Nothing. I'm sitting there watching the game, uh, and I'm just watching it going like, oh, my gosh, the season's on the line. They're throwing skinny posts to Cordell Patterson. This is crazy. But, I'm th- okay, tip your cap to the Chiefs. They're forcing the ball, and then all of a sudden it gets the money money downs, and they're locked up, singled take, up on take, Gronk. Take them away or whatever. And I thought in a counter – I thought the Patriots were like, oh, yeah, Tyreek Hill? Yeah. You Nothing. heard us the yep. first game? Not happening. Not in fact, you got they that got big, one. They got, got one. You got one, which was really kind of crazy the way that he, he got open, he shook coverage or whatever. But outside of that, they were like, oh, no. He is not beating us. Somebody else has to make plays, which is why Sammy Watkins had a pretty significant day. And other they guys make you left-handed, up. we say about but yeah, but they're And it's so funny because we always talk about it, and everyone knows. And then I'm always asking coaches, like, well, why don't you guys do that? Oh, because it's hard. Like, you have to work on that. Like. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why. I mean, we can we can uh, jump into it here real quick before we get over to some Senior Bowl preview stuff. But um, when you look at now this matchup for the first time, we'll have a chance to get a little bit deeper into this in the future. But just early, early thoughts on the Super Bowl and, and what will be the key. Um, I mean, for the Patriots, they have been their most successful the last four or five weeks because they've been able to run the ball. And can they play old-school football against the Rams front? And the Rams struggle – with the run from the majority of the season. They had games against the Seattle Seahawks where they gave up over 200 yards on the ground. Of late, they've been able to solve it. But knowing the Patriots and knowing how they're going to dig and do the stuff, they're going to run it in Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald early to kind of see if they've resolved the issues that plagued them. And if they haven't resolved, they can get a steady dose of that. I think the main thing is how will the Patriots slow down Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue when it comes to passing downs? Will they have to go max protection? How will they get multiple guys on Aaron Donald? Um, will they spread them out and do some of the things that they've done in the past? I, I'm just curious to see what is the game plan that they're going to do on offense to attack the Rams defense. To me, I just look at it with two things right now. I, I think 
both these teams are going to try and mug the wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. That, yeah. No free releases. They're both going to play aggressive press coverage. So who can get off press is going to be a big thing. And the other thing is the X factor, I think, for the Patriots throughout the entire postseason is, is Gronk. But it's not Gronk catching the ball. Gronk, Dante Fowler, you better buckle that chin strip, buddy. Because yeah, because he no, is mauling people in the run game. And that's that, where they're running fullback and tight end. It's like going back in a time machine. Going back in a time machine. And not only do they do that, they do it so they can control the game. The first drive, they had eight minutes. Man, so it's, they did it against the Chargers I the mean, week it's before. Like playing, it's like playing Virginia or Wisconsin in basketball. They're going to make you play half-court basketball. You look up, and it's almost halftime. They're so able to do what the Ravens were doing, but they do it coupled with an efficient passing game. That's yeah, they do, the it, they do don't it, have it in a different way, but it's the same thing. Tom Brady deliberately takes his time. They don't go with the tempo and hurry-up pace that they have been doing in the past. Um, they just control the game, and they make it very, very challenging for you to get into a comfort zone. And so it'll be interesting to see, but then – on the counter, I, I can't wait to see what Sean McVay does against their defense because they kind of line up and play cover one, man free, the entire game. If they get up, they're going to play some two-man. They don't do a lot. The, the exotic for them comes from the fact that they twist and stun at the line it's of scrimmage. It's all their games. But what would they do? Um, man, this is a great it's, – it's a great matchup because Wade Phillips is very, very confident in dealing with the New England Patriots. He's beat them before. He knocked them off when he was at Denver as a defense coordinator. So, yeah, I think he has a really good feel for how to attack Tom Brady. But then with Bill Belichick and this new school offense and everyone wants to see Boy Wonder and what Sean McVay does, um, it's, just a great, it's just a great matchup to watch. So, last year in the Super Bowl, we saw a track meet. The ball just going up and down the field, Patriots – and the Eagles, and I feel like the Patriots, as they always do, make adjustments, make corrections, and they've said, no, we're not we're not getting in track meet. And no. even though that game ended up being in the 30s, they controlled that game. If they if, if they don't control the clock the way they did in the first half, that's a 50 to 45 Oh, game. they control yeah. they controlled the game. They do it the whole game, but it, they're able to do they it. They only in the, in open the, it up because they had to. Yes. Not because they wanted to. Like, they opened and it up And if, if Tom quarter. doesn't throw an interception at the one going in and, and some other things, then the, ga- then the game, the game is, could get away. And the they, game is then exactly. Then they're really going to ground and pound you. Yeah, the game is exactly how they wanted it. And the reason that it opened up and became a little more of a track meet in the fourth quarter because they finally allowed Kansas City to have the ball enough where they got into a rhythm they were able to score points. And I think that's the thing that showed up. Their lack of athleticism and speed and all those things that we talked about is still there. Yeah. They just do a great job of masking their deficiencies, maybe better than any other team that we've ever seen. No question. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun Super Bowl. I have plenty of time to get into that as we get closer to the the, uh, the big game there in Atlanta. Buck, I want to talk about Senior Bowl, though. We're down here in Mobile, Alabama, and uh, I think it's a really good roster. We've seen some attrition. We've seen some guys drop off. Uh, but let's start here. Just give the folks a little bit of an idea. The quarterbacks are down here. We've got eight. Uh, Clayton Thorson had to had to drop out from Northwestern, uh, but let me just run through the names re- here real quick and just give me the the two give me two or three guys you're fired up about. We've got Drew Locke, Trace McSorley, uh, Ryan Finley, and Daniel Jones. And then on the other roster, we have let's go to the quarterback position: Will Greer, Jarrett Stidham, Gardner, Gardner Minshew, and uh, and we also have the big kid from Buffalo, uh, Tyree Tyre Johnson. Tyree Johnson. So he's he's a fun one, by the way. I don't know if you've looked at him at all. He's mm-hmm. enormous. But uh, anyways, any, who sticks out to you? Who are you looking forward to watching? Well, I mean, I think the two guys that everyone are going to focus on, I think Daniel Jones and Drew Locke, because I think those guys have an opportunity to be mid to high first round picks when it's all said and done. But I think a lot of that will be predicated on what they do down here. Daniel Jones, who we've had on the Move the Sticks podcast, look, 
He's a dual threat playmaker. He has the size that you look for. He can throw it. He can run it. He can make plays. The only thing that you worry about a little bit is his injury history. And then with Drew Locke, who is as talented as they come at the position, he has played in a, a, a kind of a different system. This year he had opportunity to play under a coach who's been to pros and Derek Dooley, and I think that helped. But how do these guys perform on the big stage? I think they're talented enough to really wow people but can they put it together and show the consistency that you want to see from a top pick? Yeah, forever we talked in scouting about, you know, Parcells had his thing. He wanted guys to have won a certain amount mm -hmm. of games. Well, Drew Locke, Missouri didn't have, a great, didn't have a great group. Duke wasn't, wasn't a great group. So, I mean, there's some that, they don't have the, the accolades we had last year where Sam Darnold had been yep. in a Rose Bowl, you know, won a Rose Bowl, and we had Baker. Yeah, because with both of those guys, like, you, you have to figure out what is the signature game. Yeah. What is the game that – we um, talked about that with Josh Allen last year. Yeah, what what is the game? And even Rosen a little bit, even though Rosen had a signature game against A and M early. A little bit, but yeah, but like, but you yeah. just you just like to have one of those games that you can point to when you're standing in front of the general manager, the owner, and say, "Look, here's how our guy is going to perform on the biggest stage." And so, if you don't have one of those games, you would like to see it down here, them dazzling, impress, not necessarily in the game, but during the week of practices when it kind of escalates and it come, becomes very very competitive. So the other thing I'll mention just on quarterbacks in general is there's a for me personally, there's a Pat Mahomes effect based on the success he's had, which can, incredibly raw. We talked about screens and scrambles when he was coming out, but incredibly raw. You know, they didn't, they didn't win as many games there as you, you would like yep. you know, for a quarterback coming out. So a lot of those questions. But at the end of the day, traits, incredible traits, physical talent, right? He was ultimately competitive, and you got that from people you talked to that have been around him, even though it didn't always result in wins. Their offense was scoring a billion points. not his fault they can't stop anybody. But so you've got traits, you've got competitiveness, and then the last thing, you've got intelligence. We got a chance to visit with him when he came in. Um, we're kind of blown away by him in that regard. Now, I still had concerns because of some of the other issues, sloppy and, and mm -hmm. a little bit reckless with the way he played. But I think there's an impact with guys like Drew Locke, even with Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham did not play great this year. Jared Stidham has got a huge arm. He can move around. He's athletic. Um, you know, I, I need to dig. We need to dig and talk to folks and be around him more and figure out what we can find out in terms of his competitiveness and intelligence. But trait-wise, there's something to work with there. So you can't just throw those guys in another pile. you got to do your homework. Yeah, you got to do your homework. And not only that, you know, it's funny because each year I feel like we sit uh, in the podcast studio and we talk about, hey, a guy needs to sit for a year or whatever. The thing about Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes sat for a year. Yep. And he has been able to take the league by storm as a second-year player and a first-year starter. Now, I know conventional wisdom says, hey, we want to get the young guys, get them on the field and let them go. But I do wonder if there will be teams that see what Pat Mahomes has been able to do, um, maybe a team that is a year away the from 2004 the draft class. We talk about the 2004 draft class. The next guy's coming. We say it every year. The Giants, Eli Manning, the Pittsburgh Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger, the Chargers with Phillip Rivers. Eventually, you got to get the next guy that's ready to go in the future. Every year we hint at it. Maybe this is, never happens. Yeah, but which is so which is so weird. But at some point, you, you have to do that. And if you're one of those teams that's sitting in range to be able to get one of these quarterbacks, like why not do it while the other guy is still available? We're looking at you, New York Giants. Because this is the second year in a row you'd be in the top ten. I don't know that you can leave two drafts with top oh, ten no, picks they, and not come away no, with I your don't, guy. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they can do it. And I think another team that has to entertain it, like, I hate to say that my guy, Alex Smith, is – No, yeah, they're for sure. Baby. They're, they're for they sure. That, to, we don't know if he'll play again. I yeah, mean, they're, so they're they, in the market. They have, to, they have to be in the market. They have to consider it. They have to look. And then the teams that you talk about – Miami's like, another the Chargers, one. They're going to move on Dolphins to have Tannehill. to be able to do it. So there are some teams that need quarterbacks – 
how do they want to go about it and how do they want to develop them because the plan for quarterback development is the part that is really really key let me give the folks at home a couple other names to watch for this week if you're watching the east the uh, not the east west the senior bowl uh, practice on NFL Network. Give me, I'm going to give you a couple guys you want to keep an eye out here for. Uh, Nasir Adderley is a safety from Delaware. Uh, small school, big game. He's, How about I, this? I think he's the best know, free safety I in the draft. Know he has uh, Herb Adderley, who is in the ring of honor with the Green Bay Packers. There's some relation. I don't know if that's his kid or not, but, man, you talk about bloodlines. Oh, he's, like, he, he is legit, like, and he like can bloodlines. return. He's he's a good player. Uh, Rocky Sin is a corner from Temple who transferred from Presbyterian. They dropped their uh, – uh, they dropped scholarships, so he was they couldn't keep him on scholarship anymore. So he was free to transfer. Goes to Temple. If you know anything about Temple, you have to earn Temple sing- tough. You have to earn single digit numbers from the staff. You don't. They don't just give away single digit numbers. It's an honor to wear a single digit number. They, they always say those are the ten or the nine toughest guys on the team wear single digits. He transfers in there in the spring. He's in a single digit going into his last year. So um, to me, that was uh, that says a lot about him, and he's got a chance to be the top corner. Uh, there is uh, some good offensive linemen. I like the kid from Washington State a lot. I think he's the best left tackle in the draft. He's got great feet, Andre Dillard. Uh, throw some names out there, Buck, who people look for. No, nah, you, you've talked about it. I want to go and I want to talk about the quarterback, and I know we briefly mentioned it, but I, I, I can't wait to hear what scouts say about Ryan Finley from NC State. Uh, Ryan Finley was a transfer from Boise State. He has played a lot of football. Yeah. And playing with that, he threw to some talented wide receivers at NC State. I would like to see if he can expand his game I want to see um, just if he's got. I want to see how big he is. I want to see if he can power the football. He's smooth. He's everything's real smooth and clean. I just want to see if he's got enough juice. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that is that is certainly a thing that you you want to see from him. And then there's some other guys like I want to see the little running back Dexter Williams. Uh, I want to. I shouldn't call him little like he's five eleven, two fifteen. But I want to see him run around because this running back class to me is really wide open. Yeah, like there I think there's one dude. Clear guy. I, I, I know you I, think I, there's I love one that dude. dude. I know your mind. I love. Really I love that dude. Like Senate, Senate on fire. A, a I have so many people in the NFL are mad the at me right now. So many, so many people. I like messing with them because they all. Oh, I mean, I, I, people don't know about this. I'm like people don't know about this Alabama running back. Uh, how could you not please, know if you watch? Please if you watch TV copy. Please. And yeah. I and I and you know what? He's like ah, you know. Probably gonna go in the first round. I know he is, and that's why I'm gonna put him up there in the top ten just to just make to sure mess everyone with you guys. knows. Yeah. Make sure everyone knows that he's yeah. going there. So look, talented roster. There are a bunch of good guys. Like I'm always fascinated by looking at the DBs because we are seeing uh, as this league shifted to being really offensive centric this year, teams are gonna have to match up, and which of these guys in the back end are gonna be able to come in and give some lockdown play on the perimeter. Uh, I want to let everybody know too. We're gonna have an awesome, uh, some awesome content coming your way down here from the Senior Bowl. We're gonna be visiting with. Uh, some members of front offices, uh, some coaches, a lot of the top players we're going to get a chance to visit with. So you be on the lookout for that on Move the Sticks. And also, uh, if you haven't checked it out already, uh, do yourself a favor. Go watch Bucky's mock draft video because you're going to be happy. I don't care what team you're a fan of. You're going to think this is the perfect pick. Now, if for some reason that's not the case, I can't imagine it is. But if for some reason that's not the case, you need to go to the comments section and let Bucky know because Bucky likes to go back and read all the comments. He, re- <laughs> he replies to them individually with a clear and precise explanation of why he put said player to your team. And re- truth be told, he just hates your team. That's I, what I do. I hate all teams. Like I've become feistier and feistier as I've gotten older. Uh, anyways, all right, let's let's uh, let's get out of here. I know we're looking forward to a great week down here in Mobile. We've got the whole Move the Six team down here. Uh, we're everywhere. We've taken over down here in Mobile. And if I'm not mistaken, Buck, before we get our next uh, – our next assignment here, there's some there's some donuts outside. Oh, there are some Krispy Kremes. Did you already get one? No, I have not. I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to avoid. Well, how's your willpower? 
Oh, it's good. Chick Fil A is closed. It. it is closed. I want to let you know that it's a tough one for me. Um, Which means closed. As we're recording, it's oh, Martin it's Luther King Day. Oh, it's closed. You yes, sure? it's closed. There, it's Martin Luther King Day. It's not open. Come on, Buck. Really? Yes. I just walked past. I didn't look in, but I, I just. Really? You didn't even look in? No. What kind of willpower do you have? You a cyborg? I was trying to get here. All right. Uh, well, I might have a donut. Anyways, all right. That's going to do it for us here. Thank you guys for listening, for downloading, uh, for subscribing. Thanks for leaving us those reviews on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate it. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. Be sure to look out for our videos, uh, nfl.com slash MTS video. we got a bunch of content coming your way. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.